welcome back to another episode of Soccer from the Zoo's Kansas City Soccer Update. I'm Kyle Pinnell, and I just got back from Kansas City, where Sporting Kansas City fell to Real Salt Lake 2-1 with a late goal by Bobby Wood in second half stoppage time, ended Kansas City season. So a little bit of a somber mood on tonight's podcast, um, but I, I do have a lot to share. My notes from the game, I was fortunate enough to be at Children's Mercy Park um, and get to see the games, get to see the amazing atmosphere. And just unfortunately, Sporting Kansas City couldn't do enough to make it through to the Western Conference Finals where they would have hosted the Portland Timbers um, in, in that semi or that in that Western Conference final game. And so in this podcast, I just want to run through my notes from the games, some of my observations, and then go through just the three big takeaways I had, look at the season a little bit and project forward, but not too much. Share some, share some audio from, from after the game uh, from Peter Vermees, Tim Melia, Johnny Russell, Uh, but going through the game, kind of starting with lineups, Alan Polito got to start which was in question really leading up to the game. That's something that Peter Vermees admitted afterwards. He was kind of going back and forth whether he wanted to start Alan Polito or whether he wanted to bring him in off the bench a little later. He played roughly 65, 70 minutes against RSL tonight. Um, But that, and I I think that was because of the situation that Sporting Kansas City was in. The hope was to play him a little shorter. Sporting Kansas City would have hopefully been up a few goals by then. Obviously, that's not how it played out. But Polito did get the start. He had some good moments, some good combination play, especially with Johnny Russell down the right-hand side. Uh, there were a few times where uh, one moment where he got a shot off that was just deflected. So he did some productive things, but you can definitely tell his conditioning and coming back into game fitness. That's something Peter Vermees mentioned as well. But Alan Polito didn't find the back of the net for Sporting Kansas City, but he did start. Again, for me, it goes back to the back to the atmosphere. Uh, of this game uh, 21,650 fans I believe and it was just packed at Children's Mercy Park uh, from an hour before kickoff just walking around and the standing room only sections were two or three rows back that that far before kickoff I should say about an hour before not really much room to be found it was filling in it was a great environment for a soccer game and it's just unfortunate second year in a row that Sporting Kansas City goes out in the Western Conference semifinals. I guess kind of going back to the lineups for both teams, I talked about Alan Polito getting the start for Sporting Kansas City. Um, Ilya Fantas, or Ilya Sanchez, I should say. Andre Fantas, uh, Nicholas Isamat Marin started for Sporting. Uh, Johnny Russell, Graham Zussi, Alan Polito, Gotti Kinda, Daniel Shalloui, Tim Melia, uh, Felipe Martins, and Remy Walter. First time that lineup's played together. All season, one of the strongest possible XIs or starting 11s, I should say. I'm staring at the lineup graphic and it's just screaming in my face, starting XI. But the starting 11 for Sporting Kansas City was pretty strong. You look at Real Salt Lakes on paper, you'd really expect Sporting Kansas City to run away with this game. Seven-seeded Real Salt Lake, Silva, Everton, Herrera, Cheng, uh, Glad, Rubio, uh, Menendez, Krylach, uh, Ruiz, Brody, and Ochoa. That was the 11 for Real Salt Lake. And really not much happened early on. In the eighth minute, David Ochoa, who had a afternoon that to remember, I guess, against Seattle, definitely went viral before the game. 
and in the middle of the week said that Seattle's team was more talented than Sporting Kansas City straight up. Uh, he was booed. He was booed pretty much every time he touched the ball, as you might figure would have happened. But unlike that game against Seattle, a little bit of foreshadowing here. Real Salt Lake had two shots before the 15th minute. They didn't attempt a single shot against the Seattle Sounders a week ago. And, and so you can kind of see RSL playing on the front foot early on. Sporting Kansas City trying to do what they did against Vancouver, sitting back, allowing Real Salt Lake to have possession, trying to spring in the counters. And it looked like for Sporting Kansas City, they scored in the 25th minute. Gotti Kenda just gets fouled in the box. Johnny Russell steps up to the spot and converts. Sporting goes up 1-0, and it looks from there it should be some cruising. Sporting Kansas City didn't do much on offense leading up to that point and really after that point as well. But it seemed like Sporting was going to take that and really go and build off of that. They kept a one nothing lead until late in the game, which I'll kind of go through as I run through my game notes. But that really didn't happen. It was really all Real Salt Lake that had had a great outing, um, really imposed what they wanted to do, not as much in the first half, but after halftime especially. It wasn't just meaningless possession and Sporting Kansas City countering and, and getting good shots off. Sporting Kansas City couldn't do much of anything this entire game. And that's just a credit to Real Salt Lake and their game plan and um, Sporting Kansas City. And I'll go through it when I look at the three things from this game. But maybe they respected Real Salt Lake too much for, for the seventh seed. They were the home team. Our Sporting Kansas City was the home team against Real Salt Lake. And, and yes, they went to Seattle, the the second seed in the Western Conference and won, but I mean, that was kind of the theme after the game. And so some other things, I, I, I thought that Ilya had a pretty, pretty nice game. It was, it was really fun. It's always been fun to watch him in defense and his smoothness on the ball playing give and goes and getting into midfield after starting with it in the defensive half. He did that a few times against RSL tonight. But really, it seemed like a lot of Sporting Kansas City's passes, and, and when they didn't have a lot of the possession in this game, you got to be accurate, and you got to strike in transition if that's going to be the strategy you have. Sporting Kansas City kept turning the ball over or passing it too far ahead of a runner. Then the sidelines, it wasn't crisp passing at all from Sporting Kansas City, which was very frustrating from a Sporting Kansas City perspective. It seemed like they were passing, and I think I saw this on Twitter, they were passing it more to a spot than to an actual man. It just led to a lot of turnovers and RSL was defending deep, but they weren't defending deep overly hard in this game. And so Sporting Kansas City just not taking advantage of the opportunities. And when you play to allow the opponent a lot of the ball, you got to defend really, uh, really well. And Sporting Kansas City, they kind of did that, but RSL started threatening, especially in the second half. A few more first half notes. I really did like the combination between Johnny Russell, Alan Polito, uh, Graham Zussi, Remy Walter down the right-hand side when Sporting Kansas City had some of their best moments in possession. It was off of one-two passes or one-two touches and playing around RSL down the right side. A few passes were uh, sent into the box and cut back. Um, and I, I think for me, that was fun to watch, but it didn't result in, in anything. Johnny Russell... He started off strong, got that penalty kick, or he scored off that penalty kick. But outside of that, uh, he was challenging RSL players, even when it looked like he had no chance at the ball. He put RSL under pressure. Uh, Johnny Russell was one of the only players I really noticed do that against Real Salt Lake. And then on the other side, Daniel Shallowy, who's had such a great season, 
uh, probably one of the comeback players of the year, if not the comeback player of the year, scoring goals for fun. He just wasn't able to get involved in this game. I barely, I very rarely found myself writing his name down in my notebook or he just couldn't get touches on the ball. He didn't get really many shots away for, for what he's been able to do all season to not to pretty much play no role in this Western conference semifinal game against RSL. I, I just kept waiting for him to get involved and he just wasn't. And that's credit to RSL, a little bit of the game plan as well. It's going to be hard to break them down and, and that's going to make it harder on Johnny Russell and Daniel Shallowy. And again, Johnny Russell didn't do much after scoring that penalty kick, but, but I did want to see more from, from Daniel Shallowy in this game and just, with him being shut down, then you're kind of looking through the midfield. And RSL had everything handled uh, really, really well. And, and so then in the second half, RSL starts to build into the game more and more. And then for me, the story of this game are, is the substitutes. I'll talk about that a little later. But uh, it's Anderson Julio down the right flank, central. He scored RSL's equalizer around the 72nd minute. Just a great ball served in and the header pass to Amelia, who was kind of in no man's land. Uh, just a great, great finish for him. And then you kind of look and not sporting Real Salt Lake, I should say. It, late in the game with a minute gone and a two minutes of stoppage time. It's Bobby Wood, a second half substitute as well with the goal to, to pretty much win Real Salt Lake. The game, I think for me, does Kansas City blow out Real Salt Lake if they could have held on a few more minutes up one nothing, then give up the goal in the 72nd? Because as soon as RSL opens up and plays desperately, that's when you can strike strike on the break and, and counter against them. I've seen games this year where they've lost 4-1, 5-1 because they've played too open. They did not play open in any of their playoff games. I think if Sporting Kansas City holds on to the lead a little bit longer, there is the possibility of them playing that type of RSL side and having more space to attack into. And maybe you get a second or third goal, but that just didn't happen uh, tonight. Uh, continuing going down my my notes from the game, Kansas City just hasn't won two playoff games in a row since 2013, which is a crazy stat, kind of hard to think about when you think about how solid Kansas City's been. But they lost in the Western Conference semifinals a year ago. They lost in the Western Conference semifinals this year. They lost against Portland in 2018 at home. A lot of home playoff losses for Sporting Kansas City, which has been waiting the hoist an MLS Cup again. They just haven't been able to take that next step under Peter Vermees and, and get back there. So those are all my notes from being at the game, watching it. And I, I do have some press conference audio. I, the first point I really have is Sporting Kansas City just sat back more than they really wanted to. Everybody who spoke after the game talked about giving RSL too much respect and they didn't want to sit back as much as they did. And no, nobody could really pinpoint why that was, but you could really notice that just watching the game, Sporting Kansas City would sit back. It looked like players weren't just putting in a lot of effort really as far as it never looked like they were likely to score in this game they had an xg around one and 0.9 of it um or a lot of it was that penalty kick johnny russell converted but they really never looked like they were going to score in the run of play which was just it was just hard to watch and so so you look at 
it goes back to sporting Kansas City. They just sat way too deep. You knew they were going to sit back a little, especially after that Vancouver game, force RSL to possess the ball. And RSL just had had too much danger. Peter Vermees said on both the goals that sporting Kansas City had chances to to make challenges and to stop RSL from progressing deep in into sporting Kansas City's area. And those challenges just weren't made. And, and here's a little continuation of, of what Vermees said. We just there were moments where we just didn't have that you know, that, that pop in the, in the game. And I think that is a, a piece that we missed. And, you know, like I said, you know, you're whatever is, I don't know the exact time, but 75 minutes into the game, you're winning one nil somewhere around there. What was it? When was the goal scored? Okay. 71st, 73rd. Okay. So you're in, you know, you're in the game, you're in, you're in, you're in, but we still, even the 70 minutes, I just don't think that the whole game we had a pop in our, in our, in our, in our step. As you heard there, Peter Vermees described it as a pop. I mean, nobody really knew what it was. And kind of like I mentioned, it seemed like Sporting Kansas City players weren't the first to the ball. RSL always won it. Maybe the ball rolled a few more inches forward and RSL didn't have to worry about racing back and clearing a ball. They just knew it was going to roll out of bounds. And so there was a little bit, it felt stagnant from Sporting Kansas City. Not enough ball movement. Uh, to break down RSL and really challenge them. It felt like it was easy for RSL to defend. You can kind of hear a little bit of that in Peter Vermees' answer right there. Again, it also goes back to the subs. Anderson, Julio, Bobby Wood for RSL in this game. They both scored the goals. They were second-half substitutions. Sporting Kansas City, second-half subs. Roger Espinosa, Kyrie Shelton. Uh, but you could just see all the difference in the world, especially when Julio checked into the game. He had a few chances down the right flank. Just his pace coming in off the bench seemed like it changed a little bit. He was able to cut back in some balls from the right side that were pretty dangerous that Sporting Kansas City had to deal with. And there were a few opportunities. RSL had to score even before they scored the equalizer that came through Julio. Um, and and you could just see his danger. So it makes it was no surprise when he scored the equalizer off, off of that glancing header. Justin Merrim as well for Sporting Can for RSL. He came in. He had a few good moments. He played a significant role with the Columbus Crew a while ago. He's also played for Atlanta United, Orlando City, um, just some of those teams as well. And so you could see RSL substitutions change the game. Bobby Wood with the game winner on just a low cross into the box that he put past to the right, very right corner of the net to win the game before it could go into extra time. And so you see the subs, what RSL did versus what Sporting Kansas City did. And then also just RSL have had Sporting Kansas City's number all year. They beat them now three times uh, in Salt Lake City, in Kansas City, one nothing just a few weeks ago in decision day. Again, a last minute goal for Real Salt Lake. Nets them all three points, or I guess in this case, a win at Children's Mercy Park. Here's what Johnny Russell had to say about what RSL has been able to do this season that that's had them be so ex so effective against Sporting Kansas City. No, they're, they're a good side. Um, you know, they battle well. They've got good players. So for whatever reason, um, they seem to have our number at the minute. Um, but there's no, I, I couldn't put my finger on any specific thing. It's just. It's just one of those things. It's unfortunate. Um, 
You know, and that's that's this game at times. Sometimes you just you struggle against certain teams. Um, but even at that, I mean, we we should have had more than enough today. Um, being at home, being in the sort of form we're in, the way we played in the last game, um, we just we weren't anywhere near ourselves today. And that's you can take losing at times, um, but when you don't give a good account of yourself. You know, that's that's a worse feeling. That's a very dejected Johnny Russell, who also after the game talked about that level of fight that I want to bring up next. And even after conceding that equalizer, I like I've been saying Kansas City never appeared as if it was going to score the next goal. And this is just kind of for me, what happens when you leave things to chance? Uh, 1.1 expected goals, which a large chunk of it was off of that penalty kick I mentioned earlier. RSL had fight. Sporting Kansas City didn't. Um, here's what Tim Melia said just about that fight that RSL brought and just his overall assessment of the game. Yeah, um, I don't think they changed much of their style. I think we were, we sat back too much. We let them have the ball the whole game too much as a whole. Um, crosses has been an issue with us all year. We're not going to hide from that, and it punished us in, in the biggest moments. Um, the first goal, I'm kind of caught out of position. I see Krylock and Julio making runs, and I'm just trying to put myself in a position where I'm splitting the difference, and ultimately it just doesn't work out. But those are the moments where we got to come coming across, flying across a goal and drag a body with us if it, if it, if it has to be that way. And we, we just didn't play with that mentality the whole game, and they did. And they've been on a hot streak because they've been fighting for everything, and that showed tonight, and that's why they won. Again, Tim Millia talked about fight, and that was like no player, or even Peter Vermees, could put their finger on what it was. But some of those chances that RSO generated, maybe on another day, Sporting Kansas City don't allow them. Um, I, that was another thing that Johnny Russell talked about was this isn't the team they've been all season, and and he he talked a little bit more about that as well. And I did want to share that quote from after the game. Everyone's feeling the exact same way. We had a massive opportunity today. We've let ourselves down. We didn't play anywhere near the way that we've been playing all season. Um, I mean, that wasn't that wasn't even a shade of us today. Um, sat back too much, gave them too, way too much respect, gave them way too much of the ball. Um, and when you're you're camped that far into your your half, then they're going to create chances. I think at the end of the day, it's just been going back to the respect Sporting Kansas City has given RSL, the lack of fight. I mean, there's no easy way to explain that that wasn't the same Sporting Kansas City side that was really on pace to win the Western Conference on decision day, even a late season slide, which I guess foreshadowed what was to come. They're more of that team than the team that beat Vancouver 3-1 at home just a week ago. And, and you kind of saw just... The same things from that losing streak, just tired legs, fading down the stretch. Things have been pretty common for Sporting Kansas City as of late. And so for me, when you look back at the season, it's been like they again, they had a chance to win the West on decision day. And in the 95th minute, essentially, RSL comes up with the game winning goal. And, and while it dropped Sporting Kansas City to third, I mean, things still set up for them to host Every every single game in the West and potentially an MLS Cup final. And really, it's almost as if they got too far ahead of themselves. And 
and now they they won't be hosting anything. They're they're going home, and RSL is is advancing. But you still that's the quality of season Sporting Kansas City had. It's hard to win the West. They won the Western Conference last year. This year they sh- arguably should have won the West. They were picking up results, especially in the middle of the summer. I think it was also hard with the health issues, kind of especially with Alan Polito expecting him to be there for a majority of the season. He wasn't between call ups and injuries and all of that. That was definitely hard, but you see the resurgence of Daniel Shallowy. Sporting Kansas City had more comebacks, it feels like, than any other team in Major League Soccer. They were up there. And apparently that makes sense as well, according to a statistic. I, I think uh, Sean Goodwin of the Kansas City Star retweeted it. Sporting Kansas City trailed at home the third most or the third longest amount in the league. I think Inter Miami was on that list. I forgot the other team on it, but they trailed a lot at home. So they came back a lot. Um, they had some really good games, really good performances when they were all clicking. Johnny Russell, Daniel Shallowy, Alan Polito when he's healthy. It, was, it just was a weird end to the season for Sporting Kansas City. You look at teams sometimes enter the playoffs with momentum. You look at RSL that had to win against Sporting Kansas City to just to make the playoffs and other than the Western Conference Finals. That's a lot of momentum. And that's what momentum does. And then Sporting Kansas City, just a more stagnant momentum. Not like where they were earlier in the year when they were really charging and kind of in a race, two-horse race with the Seattle Sounders for the top of the West. And so you kind of see that play out. I think, again, Daniel Shallowy, Johnny Russell, it's been so fun to watch them play this season, especially Johnny Russell coming to his own as just a consistent goal scorer and all-around weapon for sporting. Daniel Shallowy scored a lot of memorable goals. He's got his, gotten his confidence back. That was fun to watch as well this season. They just didn't make the strongest of impacts against RSL, which is just a bummer of a way to end the season. You can kind of hear that, especially with Johnny Russell, who talked after the game. And then you look at the lineup, one of the strongest lineups. You, you look at the health again of Sporting Kansas City throughout the season. Nicholas Isamat Marine was out a little bit. And then Remy Walter was out a little bit. Alan Polito's been off and on. Johnny Russell's been mainly healthy, but... They finally got to play, or Peter Vermees, I should say, finally got to play the starting 11 that he would, all right, fans maybe would even consider their, their strongest. And again, Sporting Kansas City dropped this game to RSL 2-1, to one, giving up a goal at the death, just a painful way to go out. It looked like it was a game destined for extra time and then penalty kicks again. And um, RSL didn't want that to happen, and Bobby Wood just scores the goal, and so... Sporting Kansas City, second year in a row out at the Western Conference semifinal stage. A bitter pill to swallow for Peter Vermees and his entire team. And Sporting Kansas City is now off until the season starts in um, just a few months. So a very short offseason for them. Lots of things to come. And, and with that, it's getting kind of late. Um, but I wanted to thank those who listen to these podcasts uh, just for following along and and for allowing me to have this opportunity to kind of share my thoughts on on the team and and when I go watch these games share some audio it's definitely been fun this will probably be the last podcast for a little bit as now KCNWSL and Sporting Kansas City are both in their respective off seasons Uh, and enjoy a little bit of a break from soccer it sucks but it'll be back soon enough another exciting season that's a great thing about soccer but but for now, I'm Kyle Pinnell. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle underscore Pinnell underscore. You can follow the podcast at Soccer at the Zoo. That is the OU. Thank you again, as always, for listening. Enjoy the rest of MLS playoffs. Just relax. 
even if you just want to get soccer out of your mind. And I will be back soon enough for another episode of the Kansas City. Thank you.